Welcome to Wear Who You Are, a podcast that takes the fear out of fashion and holds space for everyone to explore how to connect your authenticity with your personal style. I'm your host, Natalie Tincher, founder of BU Style, expert style strategist, and your enthusiastic friend and safe space of support. I believe that every person has a style and every style deserves a seat. With over a decade of experience working with hundreds of personal clients, I've learned a thing or two about how to help others have a healthy and holistic approach to navigating how to build a wardrobe that reflects who you are. So pull up your seat and let's get started. There's no such thing as having no style. By getting dressed every day, you inherently are making style choices and therefore you do have a style. The first step in truly understanding your personal style is discovering how it connects to who you are. How do you communicate your personality and preferences through your clothing choices? The BU Style 6 assessment creates the foundation for you to start answering that question. By taking this assessment, you will be able to see your spread of the six style personalities and how they connect to wardrobe characteristics. Read more about the BU Style 6 methodology and take the assessment by visiting www.bu.style and clicking on the Personal Clients tab. That's www.bu.style. You can also click the link in the show notes. Welcome back to another Where Who You Are Wednesday. I'm so excited to share another really wonderful guest. It's boutique owner Candice Caprice, who owns two different boutiques, Parlay and Stile by Parlay, and is going to share her journey, her unique insights, how she's growing, how she's connecting with her community. It's a really great conversation. I'm excited to get to it. But before that, we're going to do an end styleopedia session and build on your fashion vocabulary. So baseball season recently started. So in honor of that, we're going to do some sports ish fashion talk and define the term raglan sleeve. Now you may have heard it. You may have not, but a raglan sleeve is that type of sleeve that extends from the collar of a garment to the underarm. So a raglan sleeve is often used in sportswear because they allow for greater freedom of movement in the shoulder and, you know, like a baseball player in a pitch. Um, so raglan sleeves are used in baseball tees, which make them specifically a baseball tee for that reason, having a raglan sleeves. It's, the difference is from a raglan sleeve, just regular sweatshirt or shirt, is that the baseball tee has a contrasting color on the sleeve and in the body. So in this case, all baseball tees are raglan sleeves, but not all raglan sleeves are baseball tees. So in general, if you have broader shoulders and maybe have trouble fitting shoulders in t-shirts or jackets, next time you're shopping, you could ask a sales associate to pull you pieces with raglan sleeves and you can see how those work for you. Hi, Candice. Hi, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm so excited too. We have so much to talk about and so much to catch up on. So Candice and I met, um, God, now probably, what, maybe eight, nine So long. Uh, yeah, maybe even a little longer. I, can't, I mean, once you get older, I'm like, I just <sighs> turned 40. I don't know. Now I, I get just it. Fly by. Exactly. Um, so we met through a stylist program that doesn't really exist anymore, but we really connected at the summit that we went to. And so we've, you know, stayed in touch a little bit here and there through Instagram. And then it was funny, like recently, you commented on something that I was doing. I don't, or I commented on yours. And then we, we, we rekindled. So um, that's one yeah. of the beautiful things of social media. 
Um, so Candice, just to fill everyone in, is the owner of two boutiques, which I'm really excited to talk about. When I met you, there was only one. So we're going to share about how you've been building these brands since 2007, which is amazing for a boutique, especially as I live here in New York and see what Soho used to be like filled with boutiques. And now it's just more stores of mass yeah. market brands. Um, so I'm really mm -hmm. excited to talk about how you've been successful, grown your audience, connected with different audiences. So I'm yeah. just so excited. And thank you so much again for joining me. You're welcome. I am so happy to be here. Like you said, it's so nice to reconnect. And I love social media for that, you know, the reason we get to see what everyone's doing and how they're growing. And it's exciting. I love that. So just to get started, why don't you just give a quick overview of who you are, where you live, just that quick background information, and then we'll dive into all the juicy stuff. Sure. Sounds good. Well, as Natalie said, I'm Candace. I own two um, women's clothing boutiques. The first one that we opened was Parallel, which we opened in 2007, which carries contemporary women's clothing with branded goods you're familiar with, Frame, Mother, Sadiqa Voltaire, Eero. Um, so we just really put together a well-curated collection of some of my favorite brands. And since I started in 2007, um, you know, I developed a great you know, love for styling. And that's how I met Natalie when I kind of ventured off and um, I did styling outside of the business as well. But as I worked in the store for years with clients and so many women came in and not everyone could afford to buy the price points that I was showing and that I loved and loved putting on myself, I knew that there was a market out there for women to get the same customer service that we offer, the same styling advice, but just not with the right, you know, not with a high price tag. And, you know, you can go to H&M and Zara and if you're a good shopper and you can like look through the racks, you could get what's on trend, but you weren't getting the customer service level. So um, my husband and I actually own the business together and we just kept, every time we would go to the market, kept looking for brands we could bring in that could allow us to offer the price point that we wanted. And in 2015, we opened the brand Stile by Parlay. And um, with that, it was a big success. Everything's under $150, but really under $100. Um, but when you walk in the stores, it looks like our high-end brands. Um, our stylists provide the same service level that we would at Parlay. Um, and we really try to give you that like luxe boutique feel, but just not with the price tag. So it's taken off and it's been successful. And we have five um, or four locations now for looking at our fifth to open up um, in the fall. And we plan to really grow and scale. Like we said 15, but now that it's kind of happening, I'm like, oh, maybe we could do more than 15. So so that's the plan. I, got, I love that. I got the chills when you talked about giving everyone access to the same service, because I think that's such, um, and that's what I'm trying to build here is that every style deserves a seat and every style deserves support. So it's, for me, I know it can be really overwhelming to go into some of those big box brands. I mean, even for me, and I do it professionally where it's like, like, where do I even start? So for you to number one, curate it down already, and then actually offer real customer service 
with people who are actually going to take care of you, take the time to put looks together. That's just, I think it's so amazing. And I love that, that audience. So, I mean, let's just talk about, first of all, like for me, an elephant in the room is owning a boutique cannot be easy. I mean, like I said, you see them like kind of shutting down right and left, which breaks my heart because I love a small business and I love the personal touch of it. So mm-hmm. congrats, first of all. And I just want to even start with how did you even come up with this dream of opening a boutique? So believe it or not, I did not really have a dream. Um, like as a little girl, oh, I wanted to open a boutique. I really um, love business and my parents were entrepreneurs. My dad owned a building business, a uh, that my mom worked in and I just grew up, you know, having coffee with them every day and just feeling that like, you know, family run business environment. So I just knew I graduated college early. I went to Temple, graduated in three years and I spent um, a year in Italy studying abroad. And when I was there, of course, I loved fashion. I mean, and I love shopping. So that was, you know, an interest of mine. When I came home, I felt like I had a year to kind of explore and see what I wanted to do. And I said, I don't know, maybe I want to open up a store. Um, so I get the business aspect of it and, you know, fashion. So um, I never worked a retail job. I, there was a little boutique in town and I, they were just opening up and I said, Oh, you know, I got a job. And then um, I liked it. And my husband owned a store down the street, a men's store that I was familiar with the store from, um, from the town. And he came in to congratulate them for opening the boutique. And he's like, Oh, what are you doing here? And I said, Oh, you know, I'm trying to see, you know, if this is a career path I want to follow. And he said, do you want to work a few hours in the men's store to see if that's an interest? So I didn't know what route I wanted to go. And then the men's was not my not my jam. I wasn't into it. So I was there a little bit. And then I said, you know what, I think the men's is not, you know, the road I want to take. But um, I said, would you rent me space in your store? And I can put in a little women's boutique. And he at the time was thinking about how he's going to transition his business because it was a men's store that sold over 100 suits a week. And it was traditional men's clothing. And it was casual Fridays business dropped and men stopped dressing. So he had to reinvent himself. And he would go to the trade shows and see all the women's, you know, brands bustling in the men's industry. There was like no one walking down the aisles. Um, So we decided to, um, you know, take a leap of faith. And he said, know what, how about if we do it together? And that Friday, I got on the phone and just started calling showrooms in New York saying, you know, can we make appointments? And it happened. And then we opened up September, 2007, and then the recession hit and we had all of these, you know, beautiful clothes hanging and we actually did great. Um, but then as the year started going on, we were opening boxes up and selling it half off just to, you know, get cash flow and just, you know, keep moving. So, um, you know, and then throughout our time, we opened up some other uh, parlays in our beach town. One did great. One didn't do great. So we had definitely struggles, you know, just like any retailer because retail is, retail is a hard business. It's not, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, but I think we just really work hard at staying focused on our brand, offering the customer service. And I'm just a big believer in like, anything can happen. So we just really kept, you know, putting our heads down and, 
And I always knew there was going to be something bigger. I just like knew that we were meant to like create a brand or something that was going to be more than just me waking up every day and goes standing at one store. And I just always knew, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I knew it wasn't that. And then when we developed Stile and this hit, you know, worked, I was like, wow, th- this is it. Like, this is what we were meant to get to. So it's been fun. I think what's so, um, such a good lesson for people to learn from this. And I think we're, we're both in this camp of, I started my business in 2010, um, started planning it during recession time still. And it, a couple of things. One is the first idea may not stick perfectly, but you learn from the pain points and you learn from just trying and the innovation behind it. And what I love is that you're taking uh, what is been a, to me, like a pretty standard way of opening small boutique, one store, and you're innovating among industries and using your entrepreneurship and what you've learned to find what's the thing that sticks that still resonates with what you care about as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think when, you know, there's always like this scares you here, you know, retail's dead brick and mortar's dead. Everyone's going to shop online. It's not true. Like, you know, when my husband and I have these conversations, we still get back to people are people and they still want a connection. And it really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter what we sell because we pride ourselves. Like we have gorgeous clothes. We're very on trend. We bring in brands that we believe in, but for the most part, we're selling us. Like we're selling the brand, we're selling the experience. And like I tell all of our stylists, everyone who comes to work for me, people can shop everywhere. You can go to Amazon and buy a cute outfit and you can go to the mall. Like it's not what we're offering isn't special. It is, but we're trying to offer them something more and that they're coming and they're getting a feeling because that not everyone can duplicate. So that's where we, as a retailer, you have to set yourself apart and giving your your customers an experience that they like get addicted to, not just the clothing. So when you're giving them a feeling, um, an, an experience and a service. So when they leave, mm-hmm. um, from, they leave knowing what they're going to do with those clothes that they've purchased. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit yeah. more about how you've integrated styling. I think that's one of the things that sets you apart is that experience. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like. If I walk into your store. Yeah. So, um, well, it started, you know, in, when I was at Parlay on the floor all the time and I never had any like true, like training and styling. Um, but I just had a knack for it. And I had a knack of looking at someone and figuring out kind of what worked for them. And as I developed that, you know, the experience over the years, it just, I saw how the women left and they like lit up and they came in or texted me and, oh my gosh, you know, you made my trip so much better because I knew what to wear. And, and when you keep getting those um, reinforcements that you let, you allow someone to like have an awesome time because they felt confident, you kind of feed off of that. And I think that when I would go and I do styling outside the store as well, when I would go shop the malls it would, it would reinforce the lack of service that is out there and why people need to find a stylist to help them or need to go into a store and make a connection with someone that, you know, is going to help you because 
there's just so many options. And if you don't know the brands and the fits, you know, it's, it's really hard. So with our stylists and they come in, you know, we're, we do bring in a lot of merchandise. So every week we're bringing in new product, but the thing that's great is, you know, we really want them to try on the clothes. So they're, I mean, of course they're trying it on for social media and for posts and doing all those things, but on our downtime, we really try to have them try the clothes on so that they know how it fits. Cause I think that's most important because when you can feel it on your body and see the way it works with you or it doesn't work, it's, you're able to guide yourself and guide your clients in, in the proper way. Um, I think another thing that we do is we really try, you know, when you're in that fitting room, this is what I try to keep teaching the girls. My brain was like always running when I was with the customer. Like it wasn't just Oh, I picked out these few things. Try no, like I started with my foundations of like what I wanted to start with, how I thought it was going to go in my head, but of course it never goes. The oh way no, you think it's, it's going to go. No, no, no. And and the piece that you're like, I don't even think I'm going to show them it is like the winner. Um, but we we really try to, you know, it's not. I tell them we're not here to just like be a cashier or to like service them putting stuff in a fitting room where we're helping them curate looks. So like we see what they pull and we kind of like gauge their style, but yet then we're really enhancing it. And I want them to leave with something that they didn't think about, you know, trying, um, you know, maybe teaching them something about like a trend that maybe I say all the time, we're not here to make sales. We're here to make clients because maybe it's not your day. You know, maybe nothing works. And that happens all the time. It's just, it's just not someone's day. I mean, I know myself, I go out and I want to shop and nothing's working. Guess what? Just call quits. But if you make a good relationship and you feel confident in your stylist, the next time you're ready to shop, you're going to think of that person. Um, so I think just really a customer when they're shopping can never go in and see everything in the store. Even if you came in our store every single week, you still are not seeing everything. It's impossible. And that's why it's our job as experts on the floor to really pull the pieces you're not seeing, give you extra ways to think about wearing them. And one of the things that I did a lot and I think it's really important to gain your clients' um, trust and and really help them and leverage your wardrobe is to pull in things they already own and give them ways to wear that too. So we always encourage, bring in the jeans you love so we could see how they fit and we could pair it. Or, you know, if you have a dress that you, it's like your go-to favorite, bring it in so we could see it on you. So maybe we don't have something now, but we know, okay, this, so what, this cut is what you feel good in. When something comes in, we know, you know, who to call. So we have a really great program in the store um, of a styling app. So when our clients come in, our girls will get their numbers and you know, of course, everyone communicates with text, but it's not just like a, a blast text program. It's you're, you're working with your stylist and she sends you pictures and she can send you a style book and all the pieces you bought are in your profile. So like she knows like you just bought these three new spring sweaters and, you know, when something else comes in, she can pull up everyone about this sweater because she knows like this new jean looks so cool with it. So that's also like another way that we keep in touch with them and we can reference what they purchased from us and then put together like mood boards and lookbooks. So I think what, I mean, you're telling me it's, it, 
it is about the client and exactly what you're telling mm-hmm. your stores. You're giving them more than just a store. You're giving them an entire experience. Mm-hmm. You're showing them that you care about them. And I know mm-hmm. one of the pain points that my clients always have, and to your point, the reason they'll bring in stylists, particularly in this in New York, is that they mm-hmm. walk in and it's like looking around and how do I it's like going into a grocery store if you've never eaten before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yep. what do I pull yeah. to make a recipe that will work for my taste and my my unique, you know, profile? Mm-hmm. And so, for you to say, also, I love the idea of bringing what you have, and we're not going to push you to buy mm-hmm. something different. So I know customers feel that and feel, I'm sure, a mm-hmm. huge sigh of relief when they know, hey, I can go into a store. They're going to care about me. I don't have pressure. Um, I think one place that big box stores or big stores get it wrong is by saying, well, this is so popular. Isn't that great? And you, so many times I look at something, I'm like, this doesn't fit right. Why are you pushing me on something? Yeah. Like, What sales goal did you right. not meet? And so right, right. to know that it's, you care about the lifetime of having them as part of your community and not just that, okay, Mm -hmm. well, we're down a few dollars today. It's like so beautiful Mm -hmm. to know that you're holding a space for them to maybe be having an off day and feel bloated and be like, I don't, I'm not buying anything today, but Hey, I got to see my girls. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we started this, I wanted it, when we started Stile, I wanted it to be the place that you wanted to come to once a week just to say hi, just to grab your coffee and walk around and maybe see what's new. And maybe you're not buying that week, but like we're in your head, we're in your, we're in your routine of your like weekly routine. And you kind of got that fix of wanting to come and see the people that you make connections with and, you know, see the new things. And I love the one, one of the things I always loved was that when I, I'd have fun with the clients on the floor, but then I see all the clients having fun with one another and it's just an energy, you know, there's just some of those days and I'm sure you've noticed it when you've been shopping with clients that it's just like such a good energy and like everyone's having fun, people are feeling good. And it just is like this contagious feeling that, that made, that always made me happy at the end of the day. I was like, that's what it's about. Like everyone had fun. And you feel good because guess what clothing plays when people say I'm not into clothes or I don't have a style or all those things. No, you do. And clothing does matter. You know, if people think it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, that does not have to be expensive clothing, you know, uh, but what you wear matters and it makes you feel good. And the days that I just go into the office and I don't feel good, guess what? I'm not as productive, you know? And it, it it matters. It really matters. A hundred percent. What I'm hearing too, something came to mind when you were telling me, I'm like picturing that experience where someone's coming out of the fitting room and another customer is like, oh my gosh, girl, that looks great. I, love I that. just, I'm yeah. getting this like idea of you're creating community through clothing. Like you're creating this community when the minute they walk into one of your stores of like, I'm home and I'm comfortable. And that's mm-hmm. so yes. hard to communicate in this world's fashion industry. I think where it's this week, you're supposed to buy this this week, you're supposed to have a Kardashian body. And then next week, you're supposed to go back and have a Kate Moss body. Like it's, it's just so much, I think, um, exclusivity that when you can find all of those spaces that you feel welcome to explore your style, I think it's so beautiful that you've created that and you've created a, a really comfortable environment for people to want 
to explore how dressing makes them feel. Because I think a lot of it is that entry point for people who aren't like us and super interested in fashion and, and know that world. But how can I even enter this world in a way that I feel that feels accessible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's important. And it, I saw that when we opened Parallel for years, for years, people would tell me, oh, I always wanted to come in that store. I always would walk by and I want to come in, but I was intimidated. And people would say that all the time. And I used to get so upset because when they walked in, they weren't intimidated and we'd welcome them. And it was great. But it was this, it was this feeling of like, I can't walk in there, which always upsets me when I hear people say that, because guess what? Go in that store and who cares if it's over your price point? It doesn't matter. Like you're a client and guess what? One day it may be your price point. Um, so you should just enjoy and that shouldn't stop someone from, you know, walking around or getting inspired, uh, by something, but I definitely want to see it to be a place that anyone could come and just feel welcome. And, and we really try hard to, to let that come across to our clients. I love that. For those who don't know, um, how the boutique buying experience works, Mm -hmm. tell me how you choose what brands to carry in your stores how you, I mean, you know, you're, you're a smaller store in mm-hmm. comparison to, you know, huge retailers. How do you make those decisions to narrow down what to carry for your consumers? It, so we, there's definitely two different, um, you know, approaches we have when we're shopping for Parlay, um, which is so fun. You go to all the big showrooms and it's beautiful. Um, you know, for that, we're just keeping up on what's new, you know, what, what brands are trending, what's hot, what are people like gravitating towards? Um, but we always try to like find new brands to bring in new collections and the showrooms we go to, they'll be featuring new, new brands. So for that, it's pretty much, you kind of go to like your same, your same brands are like the tried and true. And then if something's hot, you go and look at that and it, it's already a beautiful collection. We're just picking from, you know, from the best of the best for Stile. It's definitely more, I want to say labor intensive, but like we are looking at so much clothes like there. It's just, it's just faster. It's, you don't buy as far out like parallel. We're buying, you know, almost close to, not as much as a year, but almost like a year out. Whereas for Stile, the girls were just in Atlanta buying, they just got back and you know, the stuff's coming in in a month. So we're in market every, every month we're buying. Um, really every week we're looking at something. So for that, um, it's been fun. I mean, we really, our buyers, um, you know, our one lead buyer alley is amazing and her and I have a good relationship together and we just kind of like know what works, but she has a fabulous eye and just like looking through the brands and knowing like what our girl wants. And, um, it, it just, it, it works. You know, we look through a lot of stuff and the one thing though, because now we have four stores and we're looking at our fifth, we've developed relationships with the brands now and, um, we're working with the designers to put together our own collections which has been fun. Um, my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah. So we created a label and we've been working with them to, you know, say, okay, like this pant and this fit, like we love that you dropped. Have you thought about it in this color or, um, 
you know, working a little bit more with that. And that's been really fun and kind of navigating that world a little bit. So it's, it's definitely fast paced and we're, like I said, looking at so much clothes, but it's fun. So then I'm, I keep hearing too, you're scaling and you're scaling and you're growing. How do you, as a, let's switch the hat to business owner. How do you bring in employees that, you know, want to come in as part of the community? How do you foster that loyalty among, you know, as a business owner and finding the right Mm -hmm. stylists and the right, the right help? So that, I would say is actually the hardest part of business, you know, buying the clothes and, and hitting the numbers and stuff. That's ah, it's fine. Um, but building the team is the hardest part and the most important part, because that's how we're going to take, you know, our vision and then duplicate it and let the customers feel what we want them to feel. Um, so in the beginning, it was really hard to find people. And I think the struggle was, and I think it's changed, but People used to have, I feel like this misconception that like retail wasn't a real career Um, or like if you're a stylist, that was a career. But if you like you worked in a store, it had to be like a stepping stone or people would say, oh, well, and would like justify that they worked at a store instead of like owning it. And I love the book Retail Pride. I I haven't read it, but Um, I know of it. And I'm I'm going blank on, is it right here? On, um, oh, Ron Thurston, uh, Retail We'll put it in the show notes. And it's all about, yeah, it's all about, um, you know, loving retail and understanding it's like one of the biggest industries in the world, like the, the retail industry. And everyone, you know, it deals with someone to retail all the time. It is a beautiful career. So I think in the beginning it was hard because you would, you know, every young and I'm, you know, generalizing, but for the most part, every young girl that came out of um, fashion school wanted to be a buyer. Everyone wants to be a buyer. And that, that's like, you know, we'd interview and they're like, I want to be a buyer. I want to be a buyer. And I, and it's funny because they get a job at all the big brands, you know, they'll go work for, um, anthropology or free people, or they'll go work for Nordstrom. And, and I hear all the time, and then they come back and I'm like, Oh, that's a buying it's a lot is, of like, math. It's spreadsheets. You're <laughs> in, you're in a cubicle. You're not like, it's not what you think. I was a fashion. I started <laughs> yeah. my, I was that girl. Cause you know, we watched friends and saw Rachel say yeah, Rachel is yeah, a buyer. Yeah. And then I started yeah. at FIT and FMM fashion merchandising management. I lasted less mm-hmm. than a year before I changed. Yeah. I'm like, I can, I'll do a certification program instead. Cause I'm like, yeah, I yeah. hate, I freaking hate no math. Way. I'm like, shit, this yeah, is what it is. That's what buying is. Spreadsheets and math. Spreadsheets and math. Um, so it was hard in the beginning because I was trying to, you know, also our budget wasn't as big and we were trying to build a team of people that like loved, you have to love selling. Like, you know, so I think that's hard too to find the right people because when you're natural at it and you, um, it doesn't come off pushy and it doesn't come off. It's just like authentic and finding the, you know, the right people are hard. But now that we have really focused on building our brand, it's now the point where people are coming to us that they want to um, apply, which is great. Oh, that so says so much people about you. want to work for us. You know, we do, um, we really try to do things with our girls, 
be a team. You know, we take them, we do like every four months, we do workshops and we, you know, last September we rented a house in the mountains and everyone came and we'll like bring in people to talk to the girls and do like little retreats and make them feel that they are part of a community, which is important. Um, and I want everyone who works for us, our mission is uh, to cultivate an environment um, for everyone to live their best life. And that is for our staff and for our clients. Like I really want, I say all the time, if Stila is a stepping stone in your career, I want it to be something that you came and we were a part of like your journey and that you remember it was an important part. It could have been small, not as not your big job, but it was something that mattered in your life. Um, and so whether people want to stay for the long haul, which now it's easier to kind of recruit because we have a, a plan to scale and, you know, girls can, or men or women can see their growth with the company. Um, but I just want it. I want them to feel that they're a part of a team and that we're like doing something um, together to make, you know, people feel good and our customers feel good. So I think it's, it's been great. I, you know, in this environment now, like it is hard to find um, people, but it's, it's been working out. And, and every time someone comes in to interview who worked at the mall or worked for the big brands, I hear a lot now, I really want to work for a smaller company. I want to work for a smaller company. Um, so it gives us a little, little leverage and I don't want to ever get too big where we then, you know, become the other way where they feel that it's corporate, um, or we don't give them, you know, that feeling of they, they're making a difference. So that's, that's been working and it's been kind of catching on. So we hope it continues. Well, I think so much of that, it says so much about you. It's like everything I'm hearing in this conversation, the theme is taking care of people, taking care of community, taking care of how they feel and that you're, you're, you're making it human and not the clothing is the conduit to bring a community together. You're like, now it's like, you're like, it goes with your C's command it, Candace community Caprice, like, <laughs> you're just, like so no, it's just like oh, everything I hear and I yeah. can just see in you. It's like you care about the relationships and the community. And I think that's the ultimate, really this overarching mes- message is your higher purpose is connecting. And then you've built the rest of it in that, you know? Um, Why, well, you know, any other feedback or any other advice that you would give number one for a customer for our listeners if they're walking into a store and it can't be yours until you know you're everywhere soon um what are what's some advice you give those that may be intimidated to walk into a boutique i definitely think you should go in and ask for help i think people are intimidated to ask for help but you have to remember two things. The, the stylist on the floor, they want you to ask for help because they don't want to just stand there and fill your fitting room. I mean, if they're great, if they're a great representative of the brand, they love the product and they want to share it with you. And you should really, really go in and ask for help. I think it's important. I think that they know more than you know because you can't see it all. Um, so they, are, you have to think of the person in the store as the expert. So just don't be shy. And, you know, I always say, it doesn't cost anything to try it on when, when a customer comes in and, and they're, you know, they're feeling, you know, if you maybe, I don't know if I'm going to try, we always say it doesn't cost anything to try, no pressure, but you know, then, you know, so I would say definitely ask for help. Um, and two, if you make a connection with someone at a store, 
you know, maybe even if they're not offering it up, set an appointment up or know when they're in next. And, you know, just those little things, you'll become the client that they think about when new product comes in or they have a tip. Um, so I think that's a really important thing. I'm also big on, you know, going back to when I was a stylist to think about your wardrobe in advance because you can never just go out and just shop. I mean, some people can and they are fabulous at it and their style is impeccable and they get it and they're just, but not everyone's like that. And it's okay. I mean, 99% uh, of people aren't like that. So um, I think you should go out with a plan and a list and like have just, an idea of what you want. Sometimes it's going to change, but it's just going to give you a roadmap when you're shopping. Um, and I'm also a big believer in swapping out your closet, looking at your clothes. If you're fortunate enough to just, yes, Natalie, if you're fortunate enough to just be able to fit your season's clothes in your closet, even if you don't have like a massive space or a big closet, if you can just pack up the old season stuff, put it under the bed or something, because it's overwhelming to get dressed and you should just be able to look at your closet and see the pieces that you love and, and not be overwhelmed. Um, cause it can get overwhelming. So if you just kind of in the beginning of the season, kind of look at the internet, look at TikTok, figure out like what's inspiring you on Pinterest, make a plan, write down some notes and go in with some idea of what you're looking for and be open to, you know, other options always. Or maybe just um, a question of saying like, yeah. I have these, this pair of pants that I love and I want to incorporate what kind of shirt can give me more mileage. Yeah. So you don't have to go Visual. in with like a specific plan. Cause that's where that expertise mm -hmm. you talked about comes in of yes. finding your person yeah. to be like, let's try these three things and see which one yes. feels right to you. Works. Yeah. And that, that would be my advice for all the shoppers out there. Or the not shoppers and how to become yes. savvy. I think that's so much uh -huh. of what it is, yeah. is like build a relationship so you can, you can explore with somebody that feels safe and in a store that feels safe. Yeah. I love that. I'm just so freaking excited for you. And I love Thank hearing you. all of so this. Um, how can our listeners find you? So they can um, follow us on Instagram at Paralay Boutique and at Stile underscore Paralay. Um, we're really active on social, so you can follow us there. And then our Stile brand has a website, so you can actually shop online um, for Stile. But make sure, you know, sign up for our email list or just follow along on social and you'll see that the new product that we're bringing in. You know, we have actually lots of clients who don't even live um in our area. So we you know, FaceTime, send them clothes. So it's really, I mean, nowadays you don't have to live, you know, where the store is. I mean, it's fun and it's nice, but we really um, do a lot of appointments with clients over, um, over FaceTime too. And it works. Well, and I want to point out when you're buying from a boutique, you are buying from Candace and her family and all the people in her community yeah. and this team yeah. she's building. So even if it's a brand that you can find in a bigger store, mm -hmm. the every dollar you spend, you don't know necessarily know who it's going to. So one commitment yeah. I've made That's is even when I'm shopping a brand that I may know is to start reaching mm -hmm. out to my boutique people to say, Hey, do you have this? Because you're literally supporting your a community. Yeah. 
and know it. And that makes such a difference in our lives as business owners. Um, and I try myself too to do that, to like go shop at other small retailers, whether it's just not clothing, it's a home store, it's it's anything because it really makes a difference. And you know, that that like funny meme I've seen before, like when you shop at a small business, like someone's behind doing a happy dance, like behind the counter. It's true, you know? It's so true. <laughs> you made that owner or that girl there who's her first day, you know, selling like you make them happy and it gives them a purpose. So, um, you know, if more people would do that, it'd be great. Um, so that's, that's well, important. and hopefully people listening, you know, you can follow Candace and her stores, um, Perlay and Stile by Perlay, and you can see what they have and feel free to reach out. So, you know, that this community that she's building these, this team is going to be supported. And so I'm so excited to hear that and to bring that You're awareness. You're so sweet, Natalie. I was, was so happy to see you today. Same. Talk with you. Same. And thank you so much to all of our listeners. If you want to tune in to another Where Who You Are episode, join us next week. And I hope you found this conversation just as informative and even for me, so heartwarming as I did. And just remember, as you get dressed every day this week, always remember who you are and wear it. I'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for joining another Where Who You Are Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow along for episode news, updates, and other bonus style insights on Instagram through my business account at BU Style. That's the letters B, U, and Style. Or my personal account at Natalie underscore Tincher. And don't forget to subscribe to Where Who You Are wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again and see you next time.